Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, Chase Thomas podcast, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined my good friend, fellow University of North Georgia alumni, Matt Green. Matt, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, sir. We are back. Mm-hmm. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. To jump the gun. We have. I mean, it's it's very much close. We're we're basically there when we're recording. So, um, it is Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving Eve. Thanksgiving to you listening to this podcast they are listening on their commute to their family gathering which is cool exactly um so we're we're all having thanksgiving together right now in a way isn't that weird to think about sometimes i think about that when um i'm uploading the podcast and stuff like that and i see it goes out i'm like there are people like i could just drive down you could be driving down somewhere in atlanta right now and there's someone listening to you and i talk about college football in their car is that not weird to you to true. think about sometimes? I think about that, and I just, I'm appreciative, and you guys are great. Thank you for that. But it is uh, kind of wild to think about. Because when you look at the numbers, yeah. and you look I, at I, downloads. I know people listening, mm. too, so it's it's cool. Right. It's definitely dude, cool. Dude, dude will hit me up about one of my opinions. I'm like, hey, I appreciate you listening, man. About one of your opinions. Are they usually positive or negative? They're usually like, man, I don't know. That Chase guy, he's on to something. <laughs> they're like that chase guy what an idiot no yikes no um they'll just like i'll make like a reference and they'll they'll laugh at it or something but it's uh it's good stuff it is good stuff um well let's get like let's start like to to do an icebreaker because we you and i don't know each other well enough matt is that one thing about uh you and i it's that we went to this cult we had to just break the ice on this very podcast we had to figure out this work this partnership and we had never taught college football previously at any undergrad institution and i don't think you and i and all the different stuff we've talked about over the years we've never talked about thanksgiving takes so give me your strongest thanksgiving take and what your day is going to look like tomorrow Oh man, I mean the strongest take I have mm-hmm. about Thanksgiving is probably just that it's overrated. Mm. Like the food is overrated. Okay. Like I just feel like I'm not a casserole guy. <laughs> like I just I don't know, green bean casserole like Oh, there's one my mom there's my mom makes. Uh, Uh-oh, does she listen to the pod? Rice casserole, that's solid. No, no, I'm saying that's solid. I'll I'll get that broccoli rice casserole props. But, um, I mean, I'm all about the mac and cheese because I feel like the Thanksgiving people go go the extra level on those mac and cheeses. You know, it's not just like a, a simple mac and cheese. So I'm always a big fan of that, like some mashed potatoes. And the, the meat is fine. But, um, hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think the, the, the food in general just kind of feel like it's a little overrated. Are you a turkey person or a ham person? If I had to choose, mm-hmm. I would go turkey. Ah, I like a little bit of both. But um, that's a cop out. You can't do both. I've I learned that there are a lot more people that are ham people, and I like turkey, and it's easily turkey for me. I don't. I don't like ham. I'm not a ham person, and I know I my grandmother's going to hear this, and it's going to be sad. But I, I don't like ham. Hams. It's super slimy. Um, we get the honey baked hams. You have to pick it apart, and I feel like a toddler eating ham uh, when it's served. I, I don't know what to do with ham don't enjoy it don't like it let's uh get that out of here the thick thick sliced ham like people like make sandwiches out of that like that's that's gross to me that is disgusting yeah like a a cold cut sandwich it's gotta be like 
really thin sliced meat, you know? Right. But yeah, I guess if you put it down to like they're out of one of them at mm. Thanksgiving, I would prefer them be out of ham instead of turkey. <laughs> so I guess if I have to choose one, I would go turkey. And then we had Mac Jones this week. Like macaroni and cheese trended because Mac Jones just broke the internet and broke the football world with his I don't like Was mac it and cheese. Mac Jones who said that? Yes. That's an absurd take. Mac and cheese is like the best dish on Thanksgiving. I even told Tori, I was like, I feel like every Thanksgiving, like too many people make mac and cheese, you mm-hmm. know, like. No, you can never have too many. Does. But that's what I'm saying. So I worry that people are going to be like, well, everyone made mac and cheese last year and then maybe no one makes it. So you need to make sure everyone keeps over making the mac and cheese for for thanksgiving no one's ever just walked into a gathering and been like there's too much mac and cheese here what were we doing here did anyone not pass out uh you always have you always have more than you need i'm Mm. just saying i hope i hope there's not a market correction there i hope people are like oh well we always have more than we need i don't need to make it this year and then you got multiple people thinking that and then boom you don't have enough mac and cheese that sounds like a doomsday scenario that's that's my nightmare well, thankfully, Arthur Smith, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, confirmed uh, today that he is pro mac and cheese and he doesn't understand how anyone could could not be. But also, Arthur, um, it's not the time to talk about Mac Jones, considering what Mac Jones did to you on Thursday night football. Um, yeah, no, there you go. My, I don't know if I have a really hot take. It's just more of I just I love Christmas. So, like, we have the Christmas lights set up. We we did all the stuff. We have presents under the tree right now, the sports renaissance woman and I. I I like, I love jazz music. So, Christmas jazz is something that I'm walking. So, mm. you got your Kenny G Christmas album going? I, I'm not a Kenny G person, but I do have my Christmas albums. I might listen to some I'll Buble. Be honest, I'll be honest. The Kenny G Christmas reminds me of my childhood. I okay. feel like that's, like, the background kind of thing my mom would put on, like, Kenny G playing some sort of little saxophone going with one of these Christmas <laughs> songs. I feel like I, I like hear that. I could, I could have a vision when I hear that. Mm-hmm. What is the, um, what is the, the setup? Do you end up watching a lot of Detroit Lions football at uh, Thanksgiving? Do you play some football in the yard? Do y'all have like a green family Thanksgiving uh, game? You go to like this. Uh, Do you have any traditions? I guess is what I'm getting at here. We yeah, my dad's side of the family they have like a whole like little family reunion thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's out like Covington somewhere. So okay. uh, they have like a barn, but it's like a solid setup. It's got like a bar and like TVs and stuff inside of it, like right next to their house, pretty much. It's it's a pretty sick uh, setup they have. But yeah, it was always solid family tradition there with Stafford on the Lions. You know, you, everyone always you know kind of like some connection there. It's like ninety percent Georgia fans um at this family reunion so it's uh now we got swift with the lions but um yeah i uh I, i'm glad the uh egg bowl is uh is feeling more important this year i feel like that makes that gives you like a nice night game uh on thanksgiving too because i feel like i'm kind of worn out like early in the day i'm like oh football is on nice you know and then Halfway through the day, whenever the Cowboys are playing, because I feel like the Cowboys are always like that four or five o'clock mm-hmm. game on Thanksgiving. It's like, I feel like I'm over the NFL by that point. I'm like, what, whatever. I'm not really paying attention anymore. I might be on the ride home. Like, I'm not really paying attention to this game. And then the Egg Bowl comes on that night, and you're like, nice. There's one one last little nightcap, and uh, this year should be an awesome game, too. 
we'll get into it. I'm I'm so excited for the Egg Bowl this year. Um, and I agree. And we also used to have Texas Texas A&M, remember? That was something to look forward to, too. Mm, um, that's true. And that Yeah, uh, I thought about that with Oklahoma joining. There was talk about the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State maybe never playing again after the they joined the SEC, or at least not playing every year. And it's like so many teams in the SEC have that ACC in-state rival. Like mm. Oklahoma could f- perfectly fit that schedule. You know, keep Oklahoma State there. Texas A&M, let's get Texas back on. Oh, shoot, they're in the same conference now. So, yeah, I guess we'll get Texas, Texas right. A&M back. I didn't even uh, think about that. So that'll be awesome. Maybe we'll get that back on Thanksgiving. So, uh, well, yeah, we'll see. Bad blood there. I don't think they're going to agree to play each other every year. They're like, we're doing the pod schedule. We see you they every four years. To. They're on the same. No, they have to be in the same pod. Like <laughs> Texas, like Georgia and Florida have to be in the same one. Auburn, Alabama, Texas, Texas A&M for sure. Who is Tennessee's one that I guess Kentucky we have to be with? Yeah, that I makes the so. most sense. Yeah, like a number one. I mean, Vanderbilt, really. That's true. We're going to luck out in this. What if we get Kentucky and Vanderbilt in our they pod? Alabama <laughs> locked on the schedule every year to get in Vanderbilt locked. That'd be pretty nice. I'm not hey, hating that third it. third Saturday in October. A lot of tradition there. Tennessee fans don't want to lose that rivalry. That's uh, uh, what we call a fallacy. It's a similar <laughs> fallacy to uh, rogue reporters talking about uh, Georgia takeovers. It's the same fallacy uh, <laughs> in Neyland Stadium. Uh, but they're actually, oh my goodness, there's going to be a Vandy. Uh, I didn't even think about this, Matt Green. So guess what color Vanderbilt is? The black uniforms, the black jerseys, the color scheme, black and gold. It's going to be cold. They're Saturday afternoon in Neyland. There might be some black in there. It could be another be another takeover. Orange, some orange winter wear, all right? Mm-hmm. You, gotta, you should be prepared for this. I guess. Um, we're wearing all orange, though, on Saturday, so that'll be cool. Um, that's a quality alternate. That is a quality. And I'm like that you. I definitely pay weirdly close here. attention to the Lions game at noon. And then it's usually, though, um, I got to be careful with what I say here because I don't know how many of my family members listen to this podcast. I know a lot. I just don't know everyone. So I don't want to uh, say too much in this regard. But, I mean, there there is ways. Like, you got to do a lot of maneuvering. Like, you don't want to get uh, caught talking to the same, to certain people. Like, you want to move on. You got to figure out how to get, you're like, I don't want to be rude, but I got to, I want to go look at this or I want to move on from this conversation. I'm just not good at any of that, Matt. Like, I, I'm good at podcasting. I'm not good at the, the social interactions. I get so anxious. So, and what's, I get, the, what's the difference there? I don't know. I really don't know what to tell you, but I think it's the one-on-one. I don't like group settings generally speaking like i'm not good in group settings um that's usually where i'm the most quiet so like i'm whenever i've been out with friends and stuff like that if it's a group situation i'm usually minding my own business um and just not really engaged but if it's a one-on-one three people four people whatever that's fine like the small small groups and the that kind of thing i can i can manage but the group settings i don't know it it exhausts me pretty quickly I'm i'm a huge introvert when it comes to that Fair enough. Teach their own. Yeah. See, this, now the listeners know about our set. My favorite dish. <laughs> a, little, that... a little peek inside. <laughs> Folks want to know about this, who we are. Um, I love Hawaiian rolls. That's my favorite Thanksgiving food. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, Hawaiian rolls are fine, but I feel like some actually baked rolls are like fresh baked rolls are going to destroy Hawaiian. Rolls. Incorrect. Hawaiian rolls, oh, I could eat them cold. I could eat them cold. Like, I am uh, so excited. I'm already thinking about it. That's a bad take. I want a nice warm roll. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I don't 
prefer it warm. I'm just saying that like I would eat those cold and I have in the past because like I genuinely love Hawaiian rolls. Like my grandmother makes great Hawaiian rolls and I'm excited to eat those tomorrow. She makes great Hawaiian rolls? What, do you, what does that mean? She takes them out of the package? Hey, a lot goes in. Don't you dare. Don't you dare go after my grandmother. Don't you dare, Matt Green. She puts a lot of love in her Hawaiian rolls and that goes a long way. Love and care goes a long way. Uh, Matt Green, we have uh, a couple of news items that we want to hit before we get uh, the CFP rankings into the ro- and the road to the college football playoff, which I already uh, confirmed. I don't know why we have to go through that when I already said that it was going to be one uh, Georgia, two okay. Ohio State, three Cincinnati, four Notre Dame. But if you insist, we'll get more into that. Um, we had some coaching hires and coaching decisions. UMass hires Don Brown, D.C. at Arizona, formerly at uh, uh, Michigan for a long time. Um, here's what's bonkers about this, and the reason I bring this up. Arizona, according to Yahoo Sports, uh, I think it was Pete Damlo who, who reported on this, Arizona attempted to keep Brown with a two-year contract that would make him the Pac-12's highest-paid assistant. What? You're Arizona. Is Don Brown that critical to what you're doing? What that operation is going on down there with Jed Fish? What are we doing? Highest paid assistant at Arizona? What? That's insane. What? I saw that and I just was like, are we not all just collectively losing our minds at all this? Um, so how much do they offer him? I don't. They, a figure wasn't released. It was just enough in the two-year deal that so would have made the highest paid assistant. Is it Venables? It's got to be Venables because it used to be Aranda. Okay. That's a, that's crazy. It's honestly crazier that he turned that down. I just... I mean, he wanted to go back to UMass. He was a legend at UMass when they were in the FCS. So, I guess it was like, go my come. And it's also... He's the head guy. And this is probably his last stop for retires. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Sonny Dykes to TCU. That seems all but done. And then uh, Jay McGuire. I was... Um, mm-hmm. I was buying the Dion hype you were uh, you were selling last week. Dion to TCU, that was sexy to me. But um, they went Sonny Dykes. Who would probably be fine. Like, he's not going to be bad at TCU. That's the thing is, like, I don't think he's going to be bad. Like, I think it's just going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be enough to uh, vault that program into just, like, playoff contention year over year. But I, I don't think he's uncorking Dallas as a national power is, I guess, what I'm saying. I think he'll be fine. I just don't think that's the trajectory that they're on i don't know kind of i'm really rather underwhelmed by both hires jerry mcguire and um gary pat or uh, uh, gary patterson and sunny dykes who are you more underwhelmed by so um first of all let me hit you with the the highest paid coordinators uh-huh um right now it would be brent venables and then uh mike elko okay todd grantham was third was he really but look, but this list is kind of crazy because mm. it's this is from like not quite a year ago. Mm. So Sarkeesian was one, Kevin Steele was two, Bo Pelini at LSU was four, and now Grantham at six. Like three of these guys were fired. <laughs> like that's kind of. Well, I guess Steele wasn't necessarily fired, but uh, his administration was fired. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. But um, in terms of these in these hire, like Sonny Dyke seems like a, a safe. Uh, like a safe hire. Like who was the other one you said? Uh, Jerry Maguire at Texas Tech. I just I don't know what to make of that. I feel like I'm just gonna have to wait and see on mm. that. To be honest, we'll see. 
He's retaining Sonny Cumbie as his OC, which I don't know. The offense hasn't been very good, but I I don't know. We'll we'll see how Cumbie does next year under McGuire, and he's got recruiting connections that Matt Wells did not. So the recruiting will probably be better at Texas Tech and in Lubbock, but I don't I don't know. I don't love either of those names. And then we got Franklin signing a massive extension to stay at Penn State, and then we've got Luke Fickle turning down. USC and LSU in Florida to remain at Cincinnati. What do you make of those? Yeah, you gotta uh, you gotta respect that. I think Luke Fickle, I, what he's building there, like they still haven't necessarily like you know moved the meter with recruiting, but them moving into the Big Twelve, I'm really curious just what this is going to do to their recruiting. Like it's going to change really the 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 region that they start to get players from and so i mean if they're getting a playoff like who knows if they win one of these games in the playoff no one thinks they're going to but just just being on that stage just going to do so much for this brand and like you're that guy you don't have to go anywhere and meet anyone else's expectations like you set this standard like you're getting you're getting like your your mark few on at this point like mm. uh with gonzaga you know it's like every time you turn a, a job down it just it just it like adds to your resume almost you know it's like i could have been here i could have been here but i believed in cincinnati it's just it's another sales pitch that you can recruit with really and it's like i you can understand if if they're if if they can pay him what other school schools can pay him i mean you can understand why he's uh he's gonna stay with what he's got and then franklin i thought that was interesting for like like what we're doing with Mel Tucker and James Franklin, like you're just giving guys all this money so that they, no one else will take them. Mm -hmm. It's like, are they, I don't know. You're worth whatever anyone's willing to pay you. You know, I'm not trying to take any money out of anybody's uh, pockets, but I just, I question locking him down for 10 years. Like that just, if, if that's what you have to do to keep your coach, that's what you got to do. But this, these guys, these coaching contracts are about to get insane. They're not even about to. It's just part of the deal. Um, I was texting uh, the family group chat about this, where I was like, y'all need to prepare, because if Lincoln leaves OU anytime soon, if Eli Drinkwitz gets fired by Mizzou anytime soon, if the right area opens up, that's a slightly better job, or arguably a better job, Heupel's getting a 10-year extension. <laughs> like, that's coming. Like, that's just the nature of the business now. Because, like, when you look at the figures for the buyout money that's just been used over the last decade, that's just dead money. The amount of dead money in college football is preposterous. That, like, I think schools are now more than... Like, I guess not all schools are willing to do this. Like, Georgia Tech is clearly not uh, going to do this with the buyout money they would owe Jeff Collins. They're like, we're not doing this. But if you're Auburn... If you're Bama, if you're Oklahoma, LSU, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, whatever, they'll eat some buyout money. They don't care. They got Auburn, like, Auburn's got that Yellowwood money. Yeah, like they're fine. They're not. They're not worried about buyout dead money. Like that's the thing, and that's gonna I think shift the power even more when the the big blue bloods mess up on a hire. They're like, yeah, see, if you mess up on a hire, Washington State, you're screwed for years. If we mess up on a hire, we'll just eat this money and get more booster money and then hire the... We'll correct ourselves. We have the money to make it a quick, easy fix. A lot of programs don't have that. So I think it's just another advantage that uh, the big boys will have going forward. Yeah, without a doubt. It's it's crazy the amount of money that's out there to 
to tell someone not to coach. Like, it's, it's the best gig if you can get it. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's get into your Matt Green potion class of uh, what's going on in the, the CFP rankings. What's going on with your formula and the, the potions and the teams that you're putting in the, the bubbly? Well, this is uh, this is not Hogwarts defense against the dark arts or anything going on. Well, there was on. actually a potions class, sir. It was talked by uh, Mr. Severus true. Snape. That's you're a bigger Harry Potter fan than I am. But, uh, well done. Mm. Um, so yeah, right now we got the top four rankings came out uh, yesterday. Georgia still at one. Ohio State jumps Bama at t- and goes to two. Bama at three. Cincy at four. Bearcats fans whining and crying about <laughs> they don't want to put little old Cincinnati like Dabo Swinney over here. And they're now in the top four and appear to be in control of their own fate, I would say. Yeah. Um, I guess they – I don't really see any scenario that Cincinnati uh, wins and doesn't get in. So, But then you got the uh, the top ten. So from five through ten – I think all of these teams except for Ole Miss have a shot. Ole Miss has no road to be able to get into the playoff. But you got Michigan at five. They win and they're in, right? Like they can beat Ohio State, probably not going to. Win the Big Ten, Michigan's in, no sweat. Notre Dame has a little more to worry about because I feel like there's the top five is going to cannibalize itself. Like, they have to have Bama lose. I think I think that's ultimately what it comes down to for Notre Dame. But I, I think they also they need a little bit of a little bit of cannibalization cannibalism mm. cannibalism in uh the Big Twelve as well. Because if 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 Bama wins, Georgia's getting in, I think, as well. So I think that's what's gonna that's what could keep Notre Dame out. And if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and then Baylor in the Big Twelve championship I think Oklahoma State's going to jump Notre Dame. So ev- basically everyone from the bottom needs Bama to lose because Bama's going to take that spot and no one can get in. Yeah. But Baylor at two losses, they just need some kind of chaos. Like they need like a Notre Dame or Cincinnati to end up losing or something like that for for anyone to even consider a two-loss Big 12 champion. Like that – oh, man – Honestly, it's such a bummer they lost to TCU. That would have it was gonna make for such a great finish in the Big Twelve. But um I feel like Baylor is it might be the best team in the Big Twelve right now, but I just don't know if a two loss team gets in. But they're so much higher in the rankings, it feels like they have a shot, right? I mean, they're two spots behind Notre Dame. If they I don't know who they who they play this week. They don't have a tough game this week, I don't think. Um, but then they, whoever they would play, Oklahoma or Oklahoma State in um, in the Big Twelve Championship, like they might could jump in there. Oklahoma's just so far down; they only have the one loss. But it seems like the committee hasn't liked Oklahoma the whole time. So I wonder if Oklahoma State is the only Big Twelve team that actually has a shot to get in there. Hmm. But what are your thoughts? And I know you think Notre Dame is mm-hmm. going to get that fourth spot, but is that just because? You're not a believer in Oklahoma State. Like under the scenario of Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma this week and then beating Baylor next week, I feel like there's no question they jump Notre Dame with that. I don't think so. Really? I I would agree with them jumping them, but I don't think they will. I think Oklahoma State's a better team. 
I think Oklahoma State is, I mean, we'll get into OU versus OK State, but like, I think it, it's clear that a lot of people have not been keeping up with what Oklahoma State's been doing as of the last month and a half. Um, but I also think Notre Dame's going for style points and Brian Kelly talked about that. That's part of the reason they beat Georgia Tech 55 to nothing. They're going to beat Stanford 70 to nothing. 70 to 14. Something like that. Stanford has the worst, I think, run defense in football this year. Um, it's going to be bad. Like, they're going to they're gonna destroy Stanford. Um, that will be the lasting memory of, like, 100 to, like, 23 or something like that over the last couple of weeks. And I think Oklahoma State, Oklahoma is going to be a dogfight. Very low scoring. Very close. Um, I don't know. And then, obviously, like you said, they sailed the Big 12 title game um, to change the narrative a little bit. But I don't know, man. Baylor's got Texas Tech this way, but this mm, week, by the way. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see Oklahoma State jumping them, even though I think they should. And I think you could sell me on Oklahoma State being the fourth best team in college football this year, or at this present time. Like you could sell me on that. I don't. But then again, I'm like, do I think they're better than I Michigan? No, I don't think they're better than Michigan. I think Michigan's like top five, top their, six. But their resume would be better than Michigan. I would at agree. That point. I mean, their resume with the wins over. Uh, Baylor and Oklahoma the in the last two weeks of the season too. The biggest thing that I have over Notre Dame is that twelve and one record versus the eleven and one. Mm-hmm. I feel like that does something psychologically. The conference championship. I just maybe we don't know until I, it happens. I honestly, I wonder if it like you wish to wonder because people have this such a bias, such a feeling about Notre Dame. No one's indifferent about Notre Dame, right? Yeah. So it's even though like Notre Dame had these great moments with like great memories for Georgia fans, like Georgia fans hate Notre Dame. I'm like, those two games were awesome, and they agreed to play you back and forth. Notre Dame just because they won, but I don't. I don't think Georgia fans hate Notre Dame just because they won both games. You know, I don't know. I talked a lot of Georgia fans who hate them. I don't know. I I hate them. Yes, a lot of people hate Notre. But the reason when you get down to it, the people who hate Notre Dame, it's literally things that Brian Kelly cannot control. What is he supposed to do? Like, he said it best when he got blown out by, wasn't it Bama last year in the playoff? Was yeah. it, wasn't it Bama? Yeah. Okay. And it yeah. wasn't that, it wasn't, it wasn't that much of a blowout. It wasn't even as bad as the Ohio Bama. State game. Yeah. So, like, but his point was fair where he's like, I, what do you want me to do? Tell our team we can't come play in the playoff because we've lost the last couple? Like, what are we supposed to do? We're playing our schedule and our schedule's not bad. Like, our schedule's better than a lot of people give us credit for. And then we lose to a better team. And usually it's an all-time great team. Like, what do you want? Like, what? What, what are people so angry about? Like, us getting these opportunities. It's like, we're playing the hands we're dealt. So when you get down to For it, people sure. are just angry about things that Notre Dame can't even control. But what it comes down to, it's the conference thing. That's mm. why, like, when we talk about the the conference, uh, the conference commissioners getting together, it's the ACC, SEC, Big Twelve, Pac <laughs> Twelve, and Notre Dame's athletic Jack Swarback. Yeah. It's like it's it's just so ridiculous. So you wonder if you know the committee has an agenda at times. You mm. know, it's like, do they use this as an, a time to? Oh well, you should join a conference, and this sort of thing wouldn't happen. And you'd have a conference championship. You could, uh, you could add to your resume. Or is it like, well, Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's dude is like one of the big dogs. We should keep him happy and uh, get him in here. So I don't know. I think I think the the if they get in, it'll be three of the last four playoffs Notre Dame's mm. been in, and so. I wonder if uh, I wonder if the past will will have anything to do with um, people's feelings on Notre Dame. We'll see. We'll see. 
Do you have anything else you'd like to add on that, or do you want to get into the pick'em? No, that's all I got. Okay. Well, you told me you have a surprise for the pick'em. Before we get <laughs> I into do it. have a got a bombshell to drop on. Oh no. So um, we got a correction from oh, no. last week. So uh, we our our Louisiana and Liberty game. Uh huh. You said that I was incorrect about your pick on yeah. the Louisiana Liberty game. And uh-huh. on the podcast, we were like, ask Tori. Like, maybe she remembered. Yeah. She literally did remember that you picked Liberty. In no! The- no! So we ran it back, and sure enough, you, you... I don't know how sold you were that Liberty was better, but you were like, I got to do something to separate. Oh, that was that's what it was. So that's what I did is I didn't believe in Louisiana in Liberty, but I was like, because of the spreads and because of the point situation, we had agreed on too much. I went the other way, even though I didn't believe it. Yes. That's what it was. Oh no, I was wrong. So you questioned my integrity last week. So I had to, uh, I didn't question your integrity. No, I'm just joking. But, um, so Tori yeah, did, to... wait, how did this conversation come about? Did she come to you and say, no, just as a heads up chase. She was, she was listening to the podcast and we're talking about, cause we're going through the pick them. Like, mm. no, no, you pick this, you know? And I'm like, what? And then we, yeah, we had that whole conversation and everything. And then you're like, ask Tori, maybe she'll remember. Yeah. And she literally was like, no, I remember that, listening to that. Like, he picked Liberty. I'm like, 100% sure. And so <laughs> I was like, are you serious? Like, you actually remember that? And so we pulled it up. And she, like, scrolled through the episode. We found it. That's but, wild. Yeah, her memory is insane, honestly. She just absorbs <laughs> just all information. Do you know what it is? She was like, I, I think she absorbs the things that she knows she can use against me later. It all dates back to that time in front of uh, the Nesbitt <laughs> building. She just she retains all of it. She's like, oh, I can maybe use that against Chase later on the pot. That could be it. I don't know. It might be a thing. Uh, hi, Tori. I'll be. Uh, I, I won't uh, attack Matt's character on this She's particular a episode. Friend of the pot. She is a friend thanks of the pot. For, thanks for listening, Tori. And then Jake. I thought you were gonna go Jake there. I thought it was gonna be your brother who was like, hey, this guy, the Mister who doesn't believe in Georgia. Uh, overrunning. <laughs> I'll uh, let him fight his battles with you on Twitter. There you go. There you go. Um, well, that, there you have it, folks. Uh, I am a fraud. Uh, there you go. Um, but yeah, before we get into the pick em, I'm embarrassed, we can, uh, man. Refresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can refresh the listeners. I am uh, 73 and 58 and 2 against the spread this year. Mm. Uh, 88 and 45 overall. You, sir, are 62, 69, and 2 against the spread, and 70 and 63 overall. So, And then Zeus, we got Zeus 5 and 6 on the season. So mm. not, not great for Zeus. This but, week um, is 500 for him. He has to get a win this week to, uh, to go bowling. Exactly. We got to get so. a picture for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Get me a picture of Zeus like begging to go bowling, like for his home dog. That's what we, that's your, uh, your job for tomorrow. Just give me a pic of Zeus um, to go bowling. All right, I'll see. What, I'll see what I can do. Maybe I get like some it. Zeus and some some foliage. Yeah, there you go. There you go. How's the ACL? Um, you know, this is a good reminder that I could gamble because I would never lose or win. Like I could just gamble the rest of my life and be like, I'm still Chase. How's gambling gone for you? I made like a total of eight dollars over the course of nine years. That or I've lost like nine dollars over the course of. You'd have to be doing pretty well to do that, mm-hmm. to not just be losing all the time. But uh, that's that's not what you want. You can't make a living on $9. Okay? No, 
No. Um, rivalry weekend, man. Like it is, there's so many good, like I'm already kind of overwhelmed. Are you, when you're thinking about it, you're like, man, I want to watch, this is, I thought about it. And I went back to previous weeks. I'm like, there's the most amount of games that I want to watch this week than I have all season long. And I love college football, but like this weekend has the most amount of content that I need to watch. And I like, I want to watch the full game instead of just the 15 minute bits on the games. I don't have time to get to, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And especially being a Georgia fan and having to watch Georgia, Georgia Tech, it's like Ohio State, Michigan's always at that noon slot. Mm-hmm. So it's like I got to I got to keep checking on Ohio State, Michigan, but Georgia, Georgia, Georgia Tech's definitely my priority. But I love how we at least get the Thanksgiving games, the Friday games. And then we got Arkansas, Missouri. I don't think made our pick them, but I think that's another Friday one. So um it's, it's nice how they spread it out. Honestly, that they need to do that with Georgia, Georgia Tech. Put it on Thursday. Put it on Friday. <laughs> They're never like doing Thanksgiving, that. Thanksgiving, Black Friday. I think it's been on Thanksgiving before, like years ago. Really? But, um, yeah, I think back in the day. Like, I don't know, maybe like 80s or maybe even longer ago than that. But um, it's just this game has lost so much, like, interest, honestly. It's like it's been at noon, I don't know, like a decade in a row now. <laughs> like, it's a, this game... I mean, it's not that Georgia Tech hasn't, like, sprung up and beat Georgia a couple times, but it's just, it's been, I think 2009 is the last game I remember really getting up for Georgia Tech. Mm. Like, 2014, they were a good team that year, and they beat Georgia um, at the was end. Was that the Hudson-Mason year? Yeah, and that was when they Georgia scored late and did the squib kick. Yeah, and then and didn't Georgia Tech have the, the crazy long field goal in that one? Yeah, the Chiefs kicker, uh, mm-hmm. Harrison Butker. Yeah. Um, yeah, hit like a 55-yarder or something to force overtime, and then they won in overtime. I think Hudson threw a game-ending pick, right? Um, I honestly can't remember. I think he did. Friend of the pod, Hudson Mason. Good guy. He's been on the pod. Um, well, Matt Green, let's get into these games. Where, where are we going first? Uh, first one, the game, mm. as they call it. College game day this week in Ann Arbor. This is your big noon game with your boys, Joel Klatt, Gus Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State, number two. Michigan, number five. Michigan's an eight-point home dog in this one. What are your thoughts? I'm glad that Klatt and Gus Johnson got this game. And I think the rating show, I'm pretty sure the big noon is the highest-rated college football game every week. Um, last I checked. Um, they're, the production's great. The commentary's great. Everything's about it. It's just great. Um, I think it's. I think the timing mm-hmm. is a lot of it because it's like you, a lot of people watch game day, and then you immediately have a game to watch. So I, I wonder. If but they do have to flip. Good. You do have to flip, but I think I think you can muster up the energy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have carpal tunnel. That's a little bit of a stretch. Um, Delphia, I, I just don't think people are ready. So it's like amazing. Like you'll learn a lot about how much someone's watched of Michigan this year based on how they talk about this game because Michigan is a completely different version of the Michigan Wolverines that we've seen in a long time. This is the best. I think Jim Harbaugh Michigan Wolverines team we've ever seen. I think this Michigan team's better than Michigan state. I think they'll uh, like the defense without Don Brown and with their new group, it's better than it's ever been. Um, there's a lot to like Michigan reminds me a lot of um, Cincinnati right now, but I think one of the issues here 
is something has to give. And if I had to like map out situations where Michigan can win, a lot of them are they need CJ Stroud to not be a completion percentage assassin. They need him to um, not be able to find guys and then Michigan be able to smother receivers, them not call defensive holding, defensive pass interference, and get away with a lot of stuff. Force Travion Henderson and that group to run the football and take the ball out of CJ Stroud's hands. That's asking a lot. And then you think about also Ohio State can beat you on the ground too. But I I'm okay there. Like that's the game plan. The three receivers that they have are not fair. Like that's just not a fair group. So I I'm I don't care if Trayvon Henderson's a five star. Like I'm putting him in a position where it's like I can live with them beating us on the ground. I can't live with them beating us through the air. And I just I, I think about Ohio State scoring, and I think it's just not realistic to bet that the best offense in college football is going to be held in check here. I just, Michigan needs to win a certain type of way and they can win that way 10 to 11 times this year. They can't do it here, but Michigan's good. And I hope people understand that like Harbaugh's fixed a lot of stuff here and they are moving in the right direction and that Michigan has made so many strides. So even if they lose this game, which they have not won in over a decade, Look, man, this group is good. I think it stinks kind of that it's going to end on this and that's going to be your lasting memory of Michigan, but they have been an elite top 10 team for the majority of this season. And it's actually been genuine, unlike those early Jim Harbaugh teams where like, yeah, it's cool, whatever, you're beating Rutgers 70 to nothing, but see what happens here. Um, this They were good that one year. Uh, they played Florida State in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, they were fine. He's had some good teams. But not elite like this. Not complete. Yeah. This feels complete. And, like, the fact that they're only an eight-point spread. Like, what was Michigan State? 20? And this is eight? Yeah, um, so. Michigan. This is an interesting stat. I think I, uh, this came from uh, Michigan Wire. Um, through 11 games, Michigan ranks top 25 in total offense. They're 23rd overall. Scoring offense, 15th. And top 10 in defense, 9th. And 7th in scoring defense. Only three teams are in the top 15 in scoring offense and scoring defense in college football. Do you know who the other two are, Matt Green? I'd probably say Georgia Mm -hmm. and Cincinnati. That is correct. Those are the only two, or is there one more? Michigan's the third one. Hell yeah, brother. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like They're an elite program this year, and I think they figured a lot of stuff out. But then 11 Warriors, so I love reading. Uh, Great Ohio State website. They had this post about this game, and obviously because it's a Ohio State blog, I thought this was great. Um, quote, but it has been a while since uh, the Wolverines won the grand finale. Remember the, those villains from 3,651 days ago? Denard Robinson, Junior Hemingway, Roy Roundtree, men in their 30s these days. <laughs> we've reached the sunset, or we reached the 10-year anniversary of the last time Michigan's fight song lyrics weren't lying as the sunset on the season's final Saturday phenomenal work um but those names and you think about it, you're like that was the last time they beat ohio state those guys crazy that really is i um oh by the way i guess i should get my pick cool. after all that so let me get i i'm picking the buckeyes to win and cover but i think it's a slight cover i think they win by like 10 to 14 something like that yeah i could see that like i just i feel like you know michigan did beat penn state is pretty close one but that was on the road in happy valley um but Penn State was able to – I feel like Michigan's a better team than Penn State. That's what I'm saying. And 
Penn State was able to hang with Ohio State like I wasn't really expecting. Like Penn State's offense, I don't feel like is anywhere close to what Michigan is. And that's why and at home, I feel like Michigan State is going to be able to hang with Ohio State. Like Penn State, so they they ran the ball, they had to throw the ball fifty two times when they played Ohio State. They ran the ball twenty nine times for thirty three yards. Like they were basically able to do nothing on the ground. But what they what Penn State did when they played Ohio State was was all about the red zone defense. Like six trips uh, Ohio State had to the red zone in that game. They got four field goals, one touchdown, and one turnover on downs. Like Ohio State basically dominated the Penn State game, but they just didn't get touchdowns out of their drives. And so that's at home versus an inferior opponent. Like now going on the road and facing Michigan. I like I'm so close to want to picking Michigan to keep this game close because I do I think this is a solid Michigan team. Oh, but I think I'm with you like a ten point win or something. I just, I don't think they can keep up with Ohio State scoring. Like I think this is a really good Michigan team, but if they can keep this in the twenties and thirties, they can they can definitely cover and they can honestly win. But I just it's gonna be tough. Ohio State's the number one offense in college football. It's gonna be tough to keep this team under forty points. So I'm gonna take Michigan. I'm gonna take Ohio State to win and cover. Mm. Um, next one. I think I'm going for Michigan in this one. I would love to see Michigan and Georgia get over the hump in this scenario. I'm gonna get one Georgia to Michigan. Oh, without a doubt, I'd love to see it. Michigan. <clears throat> Michigan win. I mean, it's just. They're one of those brands. It is good for college football when when Michigan can beat Ohio State, and that's that's like the best rivalry in college football. Like, it's just been so long that the Iron Bowl just Iron Bowl overtook it. Like once Saban got there, I feel like it just it became a more interesting rivalry again. And then like this this Ohio State Michigan has just been such domination. It's hard to it's hard to get excited for it like Duke North Carolina when Ohio State's winning. What is it now? Like fourteen out of fifteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. They won 10 straight. Um, 10 straight. Also, yeah. can I give this final stat on this? We'll move on. How many uh, games has Ryan Day lost in the Big Ten <laughs> since becoming head coach? It's uh, zero, right? Zero times. So until that happens, I'm going to stick on the side. Yeah, of that's Ryan fair. <laughs> um, so this, uh, we alluded to it earlier, Thanksgiving night, uh, Ole Miss, the Egg Bowl, Ole mm. Miss comes in, and I was shocked by this spread. Mississippi State is a one-point favorite at home. And uh, I really wasn't sure what to make of it. Like, I feel like this – we've seen several times this year these these top ten teams be uh, underdogs uh, on the road to unranked teams. But um, this one surprised me. Uh, what, what do you think – what is your take on this one? I mean, Mississippi State's good. They're a top 25 team now. Um, I think the Mississippi State team we saw early on is not the Mississippi State team we've seen the last few weeks. Uh, they figured a lot of stuff out. I mean, they're seven and four right now. Um, they're good. This is a good team. They're beating the crap out of people. Um, they're they're fun, man. That come from behind win against Auburn was special. Like coming back from the deficit they did, rallying there. Um, they're they're figuring some stuff out. Like outside of the Arkansas last uh, uh, the field goal loss there, they have they've figured a lot of stuff out um since the alabama game and i think this is a spry team remember they beat a&m um this is a team that beat nc state they are they're just weird mike leach coach teams like they'll do that and they'll lay an egg against someone like arkansas or something like that um 
not uh, pardon the pun there, but I do think Will Rogers is trending in a direction that's like he's going to be in the Heisman conversation next year. Like he's going to be one of the early names that people need to monitor here because dude's completing 70 76 of his uh passes uh, which is a top the F- fbs leaderboard on 52 pass attempts per game um they are he's number one in the sec in passing offense and he's third nationally in 374 yards per game i just now that he's had uh more than a season working with this group and working with the air raid and working with leech man will rogers if you watch the tape in these last few weeks of him he is an assassin and will uh, matt corral's banged up um he's thinking towards the nfl draft um the the run game for old miss has been really hit or miss with their three-headed monster um parish ely and um snoop and i just i don't know i there's something about this game that just tells me I think Mississippi State's going to win this one. I do. I think this is going to be sneaky low scoring, but I think Mississippi State wins and covers. I think Will Rogers is really good, and I think this will be a good opportunity because they don't have any challengers on television to watch what uh, this Mississippi State team looks like right now and just how good Will Rogers is playing at the the present time because I think he is an absolute assassin as of late. So give me the Bulldogs to win and cover. All right. Hot take right there. Um... I got a stat for you. Mm. So, Ole Miss at home this year, average score, or I should say average point differential, they're plus 19 points per game, 8-0 mm. at home. Away from Oxford and the Grove, uh, they're, they're friendly confines. Mm-hmm. They are averaging negative 6 points per game point differential, and they are 1-2 on the road. Mm. Tennessee is that that one that one win they got on the road in a hostile environment <laughs> so in, mm-hmm. in Neyland Stadium um, I was going back and forth with this because obviously we know this is in Stark Vegas as they call it mm. cowbells will be ringing mm-hmm. I want to go but to I a game just, here I don't, <laughs> I don't I don't even like watching these games on TV wow it's terrible. No, it's not. Volume down. You're just like, this is so irritating after a while. Yikes. It just like drowns out the broadcast. Oh my goodness. No cowbell I, I for him. I respect what they're doing. I respect what they're doing. I just, uh, I don't, it's, it's not, uh, it's not aesthetically pleasing. Mm. Um, but, uh, it is, a, it's going to be a rowdy crowd for sure. This egg bowl, there's something about it. I feel like weird things happen in the egg bowl. Um, and so I was so close to picking Mississippi state, but, at the end of the day, I feel like I feel like Ole Miss is a better team, and I feel like their ability to run, I think, is what's going to keep this Mississippi State offense off the field some. And so I think that's that's why I think Ole Miss is ultimately going to win. I think they're just there's more balanced offensively. So, and their defense has come along as of late. So um, for that reason, I'm going to go Ole Miss to win and cover. Mm. Um, and then wait on, on last Friday, thing, last thing on that. Um, what do you make of the Ole Miss mascot situation? Corso put on an Ole Miss helmet on game day the other day. And it's because they have no idea what to do. The bear, the shark, the rebel head's gone. Oh, I forgot about the bear. Like, they have no identity with the whole mascot situation there. Well, you know, they wanted to get distance themselves from the whole confederate. As one should, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to pick something else. (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. The Land Shark thing, it's like that was like a specific team. Yeah. And it was just the defense, too. I don't know. I, I kind of respect what they're going for. They, what happened to the bear? <laughs> that's a good question i don't even remember anything about it because they called it, it was like a rebel black bear yeah I think was his name well you remember what happened when they first opened it up to like the students mm. they um they had like a student vote you remember mm. that i don't but i, I know it yeah the dude that led the rebel alliance or whatever in star wars <laughs> that orange dude that is a trap you yeah. know that guy? Uh-huh. I don't know what his name is. I don't know Star Wars that well. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> that was the dude that the, like, the students voted for. And at the end of the day, that's honestly kind of funny because it has some sort of, like, uh, connection to Rebels. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely lost. I, they don't know what to do exactly. <laughs> like, they're just trying to dance around just renaming the team. Like, you're just going to have to, at some point, just rename them. I mean... It, Hey, maybe they can cut an IL deal with Disney, and they can just start doing all kinds of rebel rebel things. It's like they they can uh, they can go that direction with it. I guess I don't know. That was I'll get Katy Perry on it. Um, where are we going next? All right, uh, Friday at noon. So we're talking a nine a.m. local kickoff. I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah, absolutely absurd. <laughs> um, Boise State at San Diego State. My Aztecs are a two-and-a-half-point home dog here. So mm. I, I haven't been able to pick the pick Boise State right all year. I feel mm. like I miss their pick Not a blue game. turf guy. Yeah, um, and this one is not on the blue turf. It's going to be – is it is it Reliant Stadium? Do they still play in there where the Chargers used to play, or do they tear that stadium down? Was that a, I thought that was Qualcomm. Reliant, I thought, is where uh, the Raiders right. play now. Isn't that Allegiant that or right? Reliant Allegiant? I don't know. Maybe. Fine. I am I am confusing that. Qualcomm is what it was. Yeah. Uh, do they still play there? Or did they get rid of that stadium? I don't know. Is the Poinsettia Bowl still a thing? Because that's where the Poinsettia Bowl was. I was thinking it was the Holiday Bowl. I thought that was the Poinsettia. Did it become Poinsettia? Pacific Life Holiday Bowl? Always had that That whale. sounds right. But what was whale? the Poinsettia Bowl then? That was in San Diego. Poinsettia? I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, it's in San Diego. Okay, so they hosted two bowls. Hmm. I well, if the you got the Holiday Bowl, is that one in San Diego also? Yes. Now it's got a hilarious name though, right? It's like a you know autotrader.com. No, it's um <laughs> something something County Credit Union mm. Holiday Bowl. It really rolls off the tongue. It's something terrible now, but um, I mean, we got crypto.com arena for the Lakers, right? Come in like that's uh, the new staples. That's true. Great Grind stuff. Grind my gears on these uh, <laughs> sponsors. No, no we love our sponsors. That is game. only Matt Green who is uh, who is uh, saying that portion on the podcast. <laughs> San Continue. Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Is that really it's, what uh, it is? Is what it's called now. Rolls yeah. off the tongue. Very I'm simple, very living. short. It's funny, too, because like the the... The sponsors that I remember, like, growing up, those are all the normal ones, right? I'm like, well, that makes sense. Tostitos, Fiesta Bowl, Nokia Sugar Bowl, like, those rolled off the tongue, you know? Pacific Life Holiday Bowl just sounds normal to me. Then once they change it, now I'm upset about it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, moving on. San Diego State, like we said, they're 9 o'clock local kickoff. They're a a 2.5-point home dog. And um, 
this has got some interesting uh, Mountain West title game implications. Boise State wins this game, assuming Fresno wins. And Fresno State's going to the uh, Mountain West Championship because mm-hmm. they have the head-to-head tiebreaker with San Diego State. But um, Boise State right now, they're tied with Utah State and Air Force. So if everybody wins, they got a three-way tie going on and um, in the Mountain West East division. Mm. So uh, I was looking up the three-way tie rules, actually. Mm-hmm. And since Boise State is the one that has – they have the worst record overall because mm-hmm. they all beat each other. Uh, <laughs> we have one loss and one win, one loss. So, um, yeah, so I think Boise State – will need some help to get into the uh, Mountain West uh, Championship this year. So, with all that said, you know I've been a believer in the Aztecs all year. They're doubting, they're doubting them this year, this uh, this week. Two and a half point home dog. So give me the Aztecs to to win outright. Eleven wins for Brady Coke would be wild. Um, it hasn't happened since Rocky Long did it in 2015, 2016, and then before that, uh, 1966 and 69. This is unprecedented territory for the most part for for the aztecs um i uh, boise's been playing at uh 8 30 p.m 11 30 east coast time for for months years all of our lifetime for them to play this early on a friday i just i don't know if they're gonna get up for it i don't know how this will unfold for them but i do i do like boise here i think I just I'm not gonna sign off on 11 wins for Brady Hoke. I'm not doing it. So give me uh, Boise State here. You have a personal vendetta against Brady Hoke. It's just he's fine, but I just he could go like 12 and 0 for four straight years at San Diego State, and I'd still be like, I don't I don't know about him. Uh, he's still a little iffy to me. Uh, I'm not a big Brady Hoke guy. Maybe it's the Michigan Tennessee stuff and everything. I don't know. Brady Hoke is just he is what he is. Get just what give me. What was his um, Tennessee? We well, can get it. I'll look, there's, it's just all kinds of stuff. <laughs> well, I, you can't, you can't sum it up for me. No, can't. Not in the pod. Too, Let's keep too moving. Much, too much going on. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to talk about it. It's like Voldemort. <laughs> well, you don't say his name. It's he who must not be named. That's what I was referencing, <laughs> because I did say it. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, Brady Hoke. He was the last. He was the coach, right? Last time. Um, Michigan beat Ohio State? That is correct. So, um, yeah, maybe a uh, full circle. Um, so you're taking Boise State. Lock it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to what – I'm glad this is not rivalry week. It's like this isn't a traditional rivalry, but we need to make this a big rivalry because Iowa and Nebraska just should be a big rivalry, right? Like, they got – Corn country. Them. Yeah, it's it, – Nebraska corn versus Iowa corn. Like, there's got to be some sort of hostility. There. Corn should do the halftime show. You're on to something. There, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has thought of it yet, but I don't know why it's not happening. That uh, would be amazing. Maybe it already is. Maybe they're ahead of us on this. That one. would be. Aren't they actually from Iowa, too? Do I misremember that? Isn't that why they were called corn to begin with? I think they're from Iowa. You're... Your guess is as good as mine. I, you're better than mine. I have no idea. Matt, I'm coming undone. Hey, I've, I I definitely get that? listened Did you get that to reference? a little corn back in my uh, in my youth. 
My uh, best childhood friend growing up had a corn t-shirt that I would, I remember being concerned about it because I like, I think, I don't think my parents liked it that he wore it all the time. And just corn was just like a, a bad move to be around someone else's parents. If you're a kid, like you don't want to rock a corn t-shirt when you're in elementary school. It sends a bad vibe. Like, oh, you're going to wreck my child. That's very true. And I, it's crazy to me, the music that like I was listening to when I was mm. like nine and 10 years old, like Kid Rock and like Eminem. It's just like just a nine year old hearing these words. Like, that's just absurd to me. But, but you had um, older brothers. That's true, for sure. Like I was the oldest, so I wasn't really exposed to any of that. And I also wasn't a music guy, really. And I've never really been much of a music guy. Like I have my stuff that I'll listen to, but like <laughs> the sports renaissance woman and I were talking about it. She actually talked about it. Uh, with her friends at work who all think I'm just a weirdo for this but like I don't like I took her to work this morning and I don't because uh, her car's messed up and I just I, I didn't like the music on especially early in the morning like let's just talk or I'll have my podcast on or talk radio in the morning and I'll just have that just slightly on and she's like you're just like an old man like how long did you wait until you just fully accepted <laughs> that you're just like an 85 year old man like I uh, that's funny but that's how I am. So it's just, uh, that's, that's just been my thing. I think I could have, I, I guess my broader point is that I could have been exposed to any of that and it just wouldn't have phased me because I would have just been like, ah, not for me. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like, well, what's our son listening to? A band, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> that's perfectly normal for his age. Like, that just sounds crazy to me. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, with all that said, mm-hmm. we got Iowa and Nebraska Nebraska one and a half point home dog here without Adrian Martinez. Like, I think as much, you know, grief as Adrian Martinez gets from like, it seems like everybody in college football. I don't know really why. He's like, he seems to be one of the most like Bo Nix kind of like just everyone has an opinion that Adrian Martinez is terrible. But he's all of nebraska's offense right like, i don't think we realize how good he is until he's gone so without adrian martinez i think i think iowa wins this one i'm not gonna say easily because nobody beats nebraska easily <laughs> but i'm gonna i'm gonna take iowa to win to win outright do you douse scott frost and gatorade if they cover here they if lose they by one or they <laughs> they they just like had a missed extra point. They missed the extra that point. Be, like they get they have a game winning drive. They get there and it's twenty one twenty and all they have to do is make the extra point to get the overtime and they miss it wide right. Do you douse Scott Frost and Gatorade either way just for, for covering? Real teams cover. And he's 0 and six and one score games to this point this season, so Yeah, what it, I thought you were gonna ask if they win this game. No, I'm not doing that. He's not he's not he's not winning this game. Scott Frost doesn't (laughs) that's not what Scott Frost is about. Scott Frost, he loses these games. These are what he was built on. Uh this is gonna be ugly as crap. This is gonna be like sixteen thirteen Iowa and it's gonna be awful. Um this is one of the games I'm okay only doing my fifteen minute recap and seeing all the snaps from both teams really quick. Um they've lost to Iowa six straight times, by the way. So you're saying there's a chance. I just, I, I don't know. I think both teams are going to be pretty awful um, in this game. But I, you know what's weird is I think Nebraska, like everything comes down to Iowa's amazing defense, but I don't know. I, uh, I, I just think that Iowa might, you ready for this? Smother the Nebraska quarterback. Do you know what his name is? Logan is Smothers. Hmm. Do you need a rim shot there? <laughs> 
Uh, so Iowa's defense is also fourth in the Big Ten in total defense at this point. They've kind of fallen off a little bit since that early Georgia-esque start. Yeah, it's, I don't feel great about it. I, Nebraska could win this game. Anything they're doing in these days. Yeah. Um, but Remember when I was number two in the nation? And we were like playoff. Yeah, that's a that's a long that's a long time ago. It's a lifetime ago. Hmm. Where are we um, going next? So you're going to Iowa. I'm going I'll Iowa. That in. Um, and now we're going to the ACC. What is this one called? I'll have to get back to that. One. <laughs> <laughs> It's got some kind of in-state uh, name. I forget. Like, I think it's the world's hatest rivalry. I think it's something with hate. It's like the world's oldest hate rivalry or something. It's like Georgia, Georgia Tech is the clean old-fashioned hate. But this one has hate too. Is it good clean old-fashioned hate? No, that's Georgia Georgia Tech. But, but then, um, it's something hate. It's world's most hated. What is that? It's something. I, honestly, I feel like we had this exact same conversation last year. Did we really? And, like when would this game came up? Honestly, uh, but I'll I'll look it up. But this is North Carolina, North Carolina State. Um, crazy to think uh, where this is right now compared to what we thought North Carolina was going to be this year. So NC State's a five and a half point favorite at home. Um, this is also the the last of the. No, we have one more Friday night. This is also a Friday night game. Um, North Carolina is 0-3 on the road this year. So every time they've gone on the road, they have not been successful. 0-3? 0-3. How is that possible? What do you mean? How have they only played three road games? This is the fourth one. Still. But, I mean, a lot of college football teams, you can have those games, those seasons. I mean, what was it? Uh, I think Ole Miss had only played three road games as well. This is their fourth hmm. um, here last week of the season. But yeah, favorable schedule for sure. Uh, eight home games. Um, if actually, did they play a neutral site? I can't remember. Not important. Ole Miss did. Um, I know that to open against Louisville in uh, Mercedes. Yeah, there you go. So North Carolina's zero three on the road this year, losing those games by a combined or by an average of eight points per game. This is a five and a half point spread. So that's signs pointing to NC State right there. But also NC State. Has the uh, is, is allowing the lowest quarterback rating uh, in the entire ACC, hmm. and they have the, and they also lead the ACC in interceptions. Um, we've seen Sam Howell, you know, make some ill-advised plays at times when under pressure. So this NC State secondary has been on this maybe the best in the ACC. Probably, well, the secondary is probably definitely been the <laughs> probably definitely. Uh, been the best in the in the ACC, and this has been one of the better defenses overall in the in the ACC. So I'm taking NC State to win and cover. Mm. North Carolina not fighting for a bowl game in this one. They already got bowl eligibility. They have got six wins, eight and three for the Wolfpack. Um, Mac Brown, 23 and one in his last 24 games against in-state ACC opponents as the head coach of UNC. He owns the state of north carolina do you know who else he bit he beat this year ended their dream season the wake forest demon Deacons. give me big time conference win big time non-conference win give me the heels to win and cover here i mean are we really like is that an accomplishment to run the state of north carolina and (laughs) and football are we giving them that well i mean georgia i uh, be careful here Georgia fans after Saturday will be like, we run this state. They're going to do that again. They do it every year. We, the, we run this state stuff. They do it all I the think time. They really only did that 
I think that started in 2009. Here we go. Because mm-hmm. when Georgia Tech beat Georgia, they like there's nothing that reminds you that you actually do hate Georgia Tech and then losing to Georgia Tech. Like mm-hmm. Georgia fans really don't care about Georgia Tech until they lose, and then you're like, oh man, this is embarrassing. Um, so I think it was really just a response to Tech saying we run this state because they ran for like 400 yards or something in that game. Mm. Um, so you're blaming Jonathan Dwyer for this. <laughs> Josh Nesbitt. Mm. Um, but yeah, Caleb King and Washon Ely, 2009, ran all over them. That, and that they had the whole eye black and everything that said, like, we run this state. That's, I think, where it really started. And that mm. was, uh, was kind of cool. Talk to but, me when um, you run through Tennessee State, UT Martin, no, Tennessee Tech, Vanderbilt, Memphis. Talk to me when you, you run through that kind of slate. <laughs> I think I think Georgia did run through that state this year mm. through Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Okay, you're breaking um, up. I can't. <laughs> I think they beat Austin P one year too. Um, so where? Sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. But yeah, so Georgia Tech that year, um, I think is what really and Georgia Tech was actually good that year in 2009. I think they may have that may have been the year they won the ACC. Um, and they were like ranked top ten. Georgia was like bad that year with Joe Cox and really ignited the rivalry again for a few years. But um, back to the NC State, North Carolina, I'm almost 100% sure we looked this up last year when we did this game because it's called the Carolina State game. What? That's it, like Carolina hyphen state game. Mm. So like, that's how you know you're second in your state. If the one school is called Carolina. Mm, I don't know. And you're just state. I mean, there's Michigan State, there's Mississippi okay. State. I don't know. They like the state part of it. I don't know. That's true. I think that's, I guess a that's how Nor- That's how North Carolina knows they're a superior to South Carolina. Yeah. It's, they're just Carolina. That I would so agree with, yes. That's true. NC State is, uh, is just state. So, mm. yeah, that's what it's called for future reference for the 2022 show. Uh, <laughs> Tori. This is co- this is co- <laughs> <laughs> Excellent callback, sir. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so the Carolina State game, you're taking the heels. I'm taking the Wolf Pack. Um, now we go to the Apple Cup on the West Coast. Mm. This is uh, this is our dessert on our Black Friday. Uh, Eight o'clock, Washington State at Washington. Washington's a one and a half point home dog, and Washington is just bad. Like, what are they? Four and seven on the year. They've lost three straight. Mm. Yeah, three straight. They lost to Colorado. And Colorado is awful. Awful. So I think the Cougs go on the road, get the win. I think they win in cover two. Um, we might get Sam Heward in this one. Mr. Heward, uh, son of Brock Heward, who's a five-star quarterback um, who signed on for Donovan and Jimmy Lake. So I'm curious to see what his future is like. Um, is Brock Heward a friend of the pod? Uh, he is not a friend of the pod yet, but I'm, I'm more than happy to have Mr. Oh, Brock yeah, Heward on this great podcast. More than he's happy. doing more NFL. Do you still do college? I feel like I see him on more NFL broadcasts. I think now. he kind of moved on because I think he does like a Seahawks radio show too. I could be okay. wrong. So I think he's yeah, he's more NFL. Um, but it's wild that both coaches are gone for very different reasons, like for performance and the altercation on the sideline and just the whole multitude of reasons and hiring John Donovan to run the offense and the offense just being an absolute mess and wasting this great defense because his defense has been good. Like, Washington's defense is still elite in the country. Um, the weird thing is State, or, or yeah, Washington State, Rolovich got fired for COVID vaccines. So he he got he had to move on. 
Um, was he even fired? Was it fired with cause or did he resign? I don't even remember now what his actual uh, term was for why he moved on from, from Pullman. But um, Delora has been really good for them as a QB. I like him and I like uh, the the little uh, not Christian McCaffrey running back that they have that I'm blanking on his name off the top of my head at the moment. Um, but I do think Washington State's got a better defense than people are getting credit for. And this coach, the interim really wants the head coaching job and he's been good um i think he's actually been pretty solid for for them in washington state's got a good defense too and i just believe in that offense a little bit more so give me the kooks to win and cover all right lock it in and now uh, our first saturday game mm. uh we got the 330 cbs we got the iron bowl and without bo Nix, i feel like this game lost is, a lot of luster it does and i hate that he was talking about the whole Alabama officiating Bryce stuff. Young took like, that so well, too. He was just like, Coach even tells us to control or only worry about what we can control and all that. He was very impressive in his answer. Bo Nix comes off not great there at all. But, yeah, like, I'm not going to act like as a fan or just of of SEC football that I haven't watched Alabama games and felt like, damn, they seem to get a lot of calls, you know, but I'm – I'm not the quarterback of an SEC team. <laughs> like, to say something like that, and then you're not even playing in the game, you're just, like, kind of, like, throwing a grenade out there and <laughs> just, like, you don't have to deal with it. Um, it's just, I feel like it was terrible timing. But um, Alabama, as we know, number three, going at Auburn. Auburn's a 19-and-a-half-point home dog. Mm. Big spread. I feel like... Is this your home I dog said, of the week? No, San Diego State was my home dog. Of the okay, week. so Zeus is in San Diego State this week. Okay. Yes, sir. And uh, he, he likes those Aztecs to rise and shine early. Mm. Is it just because uh, the Z factor? Like a Z in his name and a Z in the Aztecs? Absolutely. That's mm. exactly what it is. <laughs> um, no, I never thought about that. But I'm sure Zeus thought about it, though. Um, but yeah, like I said, if Bo Nix was playing this game, I'd like him to keep it close, honestly, because Auburn just has a way of playing Alabama close. Like... Hmm. They've lost. They've lost two straight in uh, in Jordan Hare. Like they haven't won in Jordan Hare since 2015. But it, with that said, it probably wouldn't be a 19 and a half point spread uh, if Bo Nix was playing, because I just think he has ability to just kind of create and make plays um, for Auburn's offense. But we haven't seen Alabama really dominate um, really anyone since that loss to A&M other than Mississippi State. I think they, they dominated Mississippi State, but we've seen you know the LSU game close, uh, the Arkansas game close, um, even Tennessee was close for a while. But with that said, I feel like Alabama's going to come out and dominate Auburn. Like, I just don't think – I don't think Auburn's going be to be able to keep this close. I think it's going to get kind of ugly. I agree. TJ Finley has not looked good um, since taking over. He had that great comeback for Georgia State – weeks ago when they um they benched Bo Nix in that one but Alabama it's just so funny how we view them and I'm guilty of this too where I'm just like I talked about on this podcast where it's like they're different than in previous years Bill O'Brien's just not been as good as Sark and Lane Kippen but they're still all-time great and I think part of that is Bryce Young is doing more than a lot of the more recent Alabama star quarterbacks have done like him completing 71% of his passes he does a lot more to keep everything going he doesn't have the white like obviously Jamison Williams been awesome as of late but 
it's still not like Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle and uh, not four first round picks on right. Team. So he's actually doing a lot with like just the Slade, whatever Bolden, whatever his name is, and stuff like that. Where it's just no running game some weeks. Like Brian Robinson just having to carry a, a heavy load. Like I, I think I am really, really impressed with Bryce Young more than most Alabama quarterbacks in recent years, and I think he has just kept this thing together. And they're averaging 500 yards of total offense, 44 points per game. I just, it doesn't feel like it. That's the weird thing to me. When you watch Alabama, it doesn't feel like 101 of their plays of 20. uh, They have 101 plays of 20 yards or more, uh, which is third in the country. Like, that's kind of crazy to me. Like, it just doesn't feel like it this year for some reason. So, all that being said, I still think they're a lot better than Auburn. And I think they win and cover here and blow them out. I think if Knicks was playing, this is a, I think they still win, but I think I would probably have taken Auburn to cover here. That's my home dog of the week. Yeah, like I don't know if Bryce Young, if I would say he's been better than Tua to this point, but I it think seems he like he's yeah. having to do a lot more than Tua. Like because because those weapons were just so ridiculous those two years he was the starter like so many plays just seemed to be on schedule it was like dude runs his route dude's wide open mm-hmm. i hit him perfectly in stride right touchdown like bryce young is having to create more this offensive line isn't nearly as elite mm-hmm. as some of those other ones like he's actually having to run around and make some plays and jameson williams i mean he's basically on par with with all those other guys like he's a first round talent but mm-hmm. mechie like, Mechie's an NFL receiver, but he's not, like, this elite right. first-round pick like so many of the others have been. So it's like they have great weapons, and, like, Robinson has been a workhorse too, but he's not Najee Harris either. Like, they have great weapons, but it seems like Bryce Young is having to make more plays, but he's also he's making those plays. Like, he's – especially the second half of the season, I feel like the first half – I mean, he still looks like he doesn't want to run – a lot right he seems like he wants to beat you from the pocket but it seems like in the second half of the season he's he's more open up to he's more open to taking off when like quicker when things break down and and dude is quick like he he makes some plays with his legs um but yeah i just don't see i don't see auburn hanging with him in this game but uh, i'll get a stat about auburn when november started auburn was six and two and three and one in the conference like Hmm. in control of their fate in the sec west and it's just crazy how their season has kind of hit a downward spiral now they're six and five now right Mm -hmm. they lost three straight so and i mean if they lose this week they're going to be the sixth finish sixth in the sec west and they were they were the second best team in the west about three or four weeks ago Hmm. where are we going next um, keeping it moving back out to the uh, Pac-12 for the Civil War. Mm. I don't think they, they call work. it that anymore. They don't call it that? I think they dropped it. Is that I, not PC? I think they dropped that. I could be wrong. Oh, get out of here. I think they did drop it. I could be wrong. Grinds mm. my gears. It's probably the millennials' fault. Yeah, I'm looking right now. It's just the Oregon-Oregon State rivalry. I don't think it's called... Mm, it was officially known until 2020. Yeah. Of all the things 2020 took from <laughs> us, the Oregon-Oregon State rivalry. I shouldn't have told well, you this. I just deflated Matt Green on this very podcast. I'm on, sorry. On this pod, just as we call it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, mm-hmm. 
We're going to call this the Civil War because when I grew up playing NCAA football, this game was called the Civil War. And um, that's how I remember it. So whatever you want to call it, Oregon, Oregon State's rivalry today. Um, Oregon comes in. Oregon's the home team, and they come in as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a 3-30 game, so we don't have to wait all night to see some Pac-12 action. Um I think Oregon's got the uh, the best rushing, or Oregon State, I should say, has the best rushing offense in the in the Pac-12. DJ Baylor. So I feel like I can see Oregon State staying in this game if they can continue to run the ball. Like Utah ran all over Oregon. I mean, as well as the defense shut them down as well. But I can see Oregon State staying in this game. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take Oregon to win, but I'm gonna take Oregon State against the spread. Last year was 41-38, uh, Oregon State. COVID year obviously was weird, but um, man, I don't know. I went back and watched some of that, and what Jonathan Smith and Mario Cristobal have done uh, in their three matchups. Here was game one, 55-15 UO. Game two, 24-10 UO. Game three, 41-38 UO. So it's 2-1 Cristobal, but Smith has made up a lot of ground on Cristobal, and I think he's a better coach as a whole, especially in-game when it's close like this. Give me the Beavs and an upset here. An all-time bad loss last week for Oregon. They have nothing to play for with the playoff out of reach. This is prime real estate for a rivalry upset where they have nothing to play for the rest of the way. Um, I I like the the Beavs here. I think this can be low-scoring. They're going to run on Oregon. This is going to be interesting. Thibodeau will not have as big of an impact because Oregon State does not. They're they're pass averse. Give me the Beavers in an upset here. Hey, Thibodeau can make some plays uh, against the run as well. Yeah, Dude's but it's just not the same. Player. I'm just saying it's not going to be the same where he's just got like four or five sacks on uh, a bunch of hurries. Like it's not going to be that kind of I game. I was close. I was close to picking the upset, but I feel like Oregon is the better team. But we shall see. Um, keeping it moving. Um, the Palmetto rivalry or something, some sort of mm. thing like that. Um, we go down to the Palmetto State. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out what the rivalry's called. Terrible research on this podcast. Well, this is um, not. No, we research other yeah. stuff. We're not researching what the names are for these things. I, yeah, I'm off the cuff on this one. Yeah. Um, Clemson at South Carolina. Probably the most interesting uh, Clemson-South Carolina game, I would say, since Connor Shaw was on campus, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, is he not still on campus? I thought he's still on the staff. Is he not? Oh, Connor Shaw, he is on their staff, isn't? Is he? He was on Muschamp. I thought he got retained. I could be wrong. Yeah, you might be right about that. Um, so he is on campus. So he's been on some. He's been on campus for some of these beatdowns. Um, but yeah, this is going to be an interesting one this year. Like this is a. This has been a great year for for Beamer, but Clemson isn't Florida or Auburn. Like Clemson. As much as we wanted to all throw away Clemson uh, a month ago, like they've they've turned their season around and it's turned into a respectable season at eight and three right now, likely nine and three, um, and then maybe even ten and three if they win their bowl game. Um, well, shoot, I mean if Wake Forest if Wake Forest messes around, who does Wake Forest play uh, uh, this week? Because if Wake Forest loses, then. Um, Clemson can work their way into the ACC championship. That's true. I don't know. I didn't pull I, that up. Boston College, maybe? That sounds right. 
I think they have Boston College. And I think it's on the road. And I think I heard it's going to be in like the 30s or something, hmm. like the 20s or something in that game. That's Sam Hartman, um, though. He's pretty handsome. <laughs> He's got that going for him. So it, this this season that we all threw away for Clemson, like this is what elite programs do. It's like your, your awful year, you end up going 10-3 and three or 11-3 mm-hmm. or something. Um, so I think this has been a great year for, for South Carolina. Side note. Does Shane Beavers deserve um, Shane Beamer? Does he deserve SEC Coach of the Year rec- like recognition? No, I think Sam Pittman's got that locked in. Coach of the Year is Pittman, right? So you would say Pittman over like a Kirby Smart? Yeah, like congratulations on mowing over everybody with your unbelievable recruiting class. Like c- congratulations. So that that okay. That's Josh a- Heupel has a better case than Kirby. With the amount of transfer portal loss, like for but Tennessee to be going bowling, coach of the year to be right. Coach of the like year is like and- we don't even have a fully stacked roster of scholarship players, and they're going bowling. They hung with I'm Georgia for quarter. Saban won mm-hmm. coach of the year last year, right? It's like so. Yeah, it just depends on how you interpret you know the I mean? word. It's like, yeah, so how, how he's won like four times Alabama. Like, what years is he doing a really good job coaching, and other years he's. he's... Why do you have me uh, like uh, shouting and angry about SEC Coach of the Year at this hour, Matt Green? It is I'm Thanksgiving because I feel like people do have uh, different definitions of Coach of the Year. It yeah. goes to the coach that wasn't was supposed to be terrible, and they end up going to a bowl game, right? Or it's the like Edward Ron, you know. Obviously, that team was stacked, and we don't. Well, it's just Ed like Ron basketball. Coach, like LeBron should win like it. A breakthrough season, so you understood he won Coach of the Year. It's just the same thing with MVP and NBA, where it's like, are you voting for the best player? Or are you voting for the best story? See, but yeah, then the NBA, the MVP, is that what you're saying? Yeah, like they're voting for the or the same issue. It's like whatever your preconceived notions were about that team affect how you view coach of the year. Um, and That's just, I, I don't and know. All the, all the injuries George has had, second string quarterback. Let me get this, the world's smallest violin. I know it's I'm here somewhere. I know I can find it somewhere. The world's but, smallest uh, violin. Where is but it? But yeah, Sam Pittman seems like a good... But I think that's who a lot of people think. It's either Sam Pittman or Shane Beamer. Um, well, let's just say this. Shane Beamer getting South Carolina, based on what we saw early on, to a bowl game in year one, I think is a huge win for them. Yeah. I think but he's I turned think, the tide a little bit. I think to be coach of the year, you still need more than, would it be seven and five if they won this game? Yeah. Six and six, likely. Yeah. I think you need more than six, seven wins. Yeah, that's like, true. So, so Josh Heupel for you. It's a great It's a great. It's been a great season for South Carolina and Beamer, especially year one. But yeah, I think Pittman has a much better store, much better. If you're going to give it to a guy who like wasn't actually competing to win the division or anything, especially in the West, I'm always more Pittman impartial to the West the teams. Anyway, I think you could make the case for Kiffin too a little absurd. bit. Yeah, the West plus Georgia on their schedule, mm-hmm. like just a pretty absurd schedule. Arkansas had easily the toughest schedule in the country. Yep. But, Give me uh, Pittman yeah, on that, that award. Just a side note. So back to Clemson, South Carolina. What are your thoughts on this one? I'm taking Clemson. They're um, on their third quarterback, Jason Brown. Um, South Carolina has fixed some stuff. I think Florida's just bad. I don't think that's as impressive of a win as it looked even at the time, and it wasn't that impressive. I think they're they're fine. Tennessee beat the living crap out of this team, and I, I just think South Carolina's going to have a, a terrible day um, offensively against this group. So I think Clemson wins and covers. Um who was the first uh, first Clemson quarterback to go four and zero against the the Gamecocks? 
It's got to be Connor Shaw, right? No, no, no. Clemson quarterback. Oh, oh. To go 4-0 against South First Carolina in his college career. Uh, well, so Taj Boyd must have been losing to him. Um, I don't know, like Charlie Whitehurst or something? That's correct. Charlie Whitehurst. Oh, let's go. <laughs> That's an obscure one right there. I got you. I got you covered. All right. Game of the weekend. Is that next? This is the game of the weekend? Yeah, I think it's you? the game. I think because I really have no... I've gone back and forth on this I mean, all Ohio week. I mean, Ohio State-Michigan has got to be the game of the week. Well, it's not the game of the weekend for me because, like, I really... I would be pretty surprised still if Michigan won. But, like, this one has playoff implications and, like, real... Like, I just have no idea how this is going to go. And I'll be nervous for Oklahoma State in this one. Like, I'm... I guess rooting for Oklahoma State to make the playoff and to win went out down the stretch because of how good they've been and just it'd be fun to see Gundy and this group finally break through but I don't know I think it's just a huge game that like I just if not now then it's never going to be the case for Oklahoma State yeah that's fair I think Michigan Ohio State obviously has like more direct playoff implications but mm. that just comes down to you don't think Michigan is actually a serious can like like continue to knock that to knock off Ohio State at the end of the day, right? Um, yeah, as far as this one goes, like I'm I'm starting to believe in Oklahoma State, man. Like mm. the last time uh, Oklahoma scored less than forty points for points a game was 2014. They averaged 38.9 that year, or they're averaging 38.9 this year. So this is just not what we've seen out of. Oklahoma offense and this Oklahoma State defense is the best defense in the Big 12. Like they're averaging, they're allowing 14.9 points per game. They lead the nation in sacks. They've allowed six touchdown passes and have eight interceptions this season. I am, um, I'm a believer in uh, the Cowboys. So I think Oklahoma loses a second straight. Wait, was that last week? No, they Oklahoma won last week, didn't they? Oklahoma Baylor was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But yeah. Because Baylor beat um, Kansas State this past week i think it was two weeks ago okay so yeah i'm taking oklahoma state over oklahoma they're going to the big 12 championship mm. i'm here for it i'd notre be notre dame it. shaking in their boots i mean notre dame is fine as long as um as long as alabama doesn't win oklahoma's fine or notre dame's fine in my my opinion but i could be wrong could be wrong um, this one, actually, this one, Notre Dame's still not off the hook with this one. I think Oklahoma, there, there's a brand bias there. Mm. Like, if they can beat number seven, they jump a couple spots, win the Big 12 championship, now they got that conference championship, like, the voters, the, the, the committee will fall back in love with Oklahoma again. So I think I think both of these teams with one loss going into the Big 12, or either of these teams, uh, I should say, with one loss going to the Big 12 championship, I think definitely still has a shot at the playoff. Okay. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Um, OSU, 41.25 points a game, 40, 482 yards, last four. They've outscored their last four opponents by a margin of 165 to 23. Average score of 41 to 6. This team's actually dominant and good all across the board, and this Oklahoma team is severely flawed. If you don't do it now, you're never doing it, and they're leaving the conference. I just, I hope <laughs> they do it. Like this, this is it, OSU. This is it. Give me, give me the Cowboys to win and cover. 
All right, put it on the board. You took Clemson too, right? I did, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not a sadist. La- the last one, also it's called the Palmetto Bowl, if you're wondering. It's <laughs> mm. in South Carolina. And this last one is the battle for the Governor's Cup. Um, Kentucky and Louisville. Louisville, I should Louisville. say. They are a um, two-and-a-half-point home dog. This is 7.30 primetime ESPN2 game. Um, this is the uh, the least interesting, I think, of all the, the SEC, ACC rivals out there. But um, I think it's a little underrated, uh, the hate that Kentucky and Louisville have for each other. So um, I think this is going to be a good game. But I think... Uh, I gotta go with the SEC here. I gotta go with Kentucky to uh, to get it done on the road. Mm. Okay, they're gonna Kentucky's gonna do like Georgia when they go to Knoxville, and they're just gonna absolutely take over this stadium. I will hang up this call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw pictures. I saw those fans in black jackets. That's a mm. fact. <sighs> I'm just fucking with you. Um. No, give me, give me, the Louisville Cardinals to win here. I am taking the like the thing about Kentucky is like always take the better offense now at this point. Like I am a believer in the better offense against Kentucky. I think there's still just a ceiling with this group, and I think Satterfield's bunch is going to be able to put up some points in Lee Cunningham here. Um, I think uh, Louisville wins and covers. All right, put it on the board. Future LSU head coach Mark Stoops. I just can't see him. At... That would be such a like. It, I don't even think that'd be a bad hire, but it would be so disappointing after all the hype that they land on Mark Stoops. I don't know. Yeah, that's why I just don't see it happening. I think um, the fan base might revolt over something like that. I mean, he's not a bad coach, so I don't think you should. You don't. You shouldn't pull a Tennessee fans, you know, and just start just start like boycotting and legit get the. Uh, get them to change their mind but mm. um there was no need for that <laughs> i did i did take a shot there but um he's a solid coach and i imagine at lsu and that's kind of what we talked about too like if they just get like a competent dude that you know is a good coach like that talent that lsu can get is just is insane really so okay. kentucky kentucky's won two straight uh, in this rivalry, so three of the last four. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if the Cardinals can get it done at home. There you go. There you go. I think the Lamar Jackson team even lost to Kentucky, didn't they? Like that Heisman year. I guess mm. they beat him in twenty. Kentucky beat him in twenty sixteen. That was his Heisman, right? And then they lost in twenty seventeen. So Lamar Jackson got got him once. Did you know Boston College's stadium is named Alumni Stadium? I looked that up because uh, Wake Forest is playing at BC at noon on ESPN2 on Saturday. Um, do you know what it's called? Boston College's field? Mm-hmm. What is it? Alumni Stadium. That's uh, that's terrible. So what does that mean? If you're not an alum, you don't get in? How does that work? <laughs> I don't think that's what that means. What? It, well, like, What is that? Shots fired at all the non-alums who come through the door? Like we don't want you. This is alumni stadium, sir. I it's like the 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 COVID vaccine passport. It's like no no no. We need to see your alumni card uh, to to get into. Yeah, that seems like a an, a stadium that can that can use a, a an actual name change. Mm-hmm. Like there's not many in college. They're all kind of set. You know, you got you got somewhere they you know they add Bryant they add Bryant to 
Bryant Denny Stadium or something, you know. We got like a mouthful at Wyoming where Hawaii plays at three o'clock on Saturday. Tickets as low as seven dollars, folks. You wanna go <laughs> jump on that one. Jonah Field at War Memorial Stadium. It's a mouthful. Oh wow. But it sounds badass. I like that name. But uh yeah, speaking of stadium names, that one it's no it will not be this Kentucky Louisville game will not be played at Papa John Stadium. Oh no. Because it is no longer called Papa John Stadium. What is it? Yum Center uh Stadium? That's their uh KFC Yum Center. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah. No, it's just Cardinal Stadium now. They're mm. like, you know what? Let's oh, I, I I completely just spaced. That's how you know the podcast the is late. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. That's why it's not that anymore. Um Carrier Dome, I'm surprised, has been able to just stay the Carrier Dome forever. I like that. And but see that was that's a good one. But like, it has a name, like, mm. like, like one like Nebraska, like just Memorial Stadium, like that's all you got. Like you don't have like a name attached to it. Like Texas is, you know, Dareth Ken- Daryl Kenneth Royal mm-hmm. DKR Memorial Stadium. So you got like a a name attached to it. I always thought Nebraska just seemed real real generic. Mm-hmm. Like the alumni stadium, that seems generic too. Yeah. What do you? What are your thoughts on the field being named and the stadium being named? Very silly. It's kind of pointless, right? No one acknowledges the field, so it's just like it's a waste of time. No one acknowledges it because it's Florida Field. Yeah. Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Yeah, no one's doing that. And now it's Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium. Like, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like it. They just keep ch- like it's just uh, it's a whole thing. Macarine, that's all I've got, sir. All right, sir. Well, uh, you enjoy your Thanksgiving and uh, enjoy some Detroit Lions football. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can get a win for all the uh, for all the Thanksgiving viewers out there. Right, right. Are they rocking the throwbacks? Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. They used to rock those on Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, different ones. Cowboys too, but uh, yeah, they've expanded yeah, DeAndre out. DeAndre Swift can have a solid game. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, man, the season's over. Just like that. Flew by. We'll have to talk about the bowl uh, schedule and how we want to do that. But, man, this is uh, next. Uh, yeah. So I'm just doing the math in my head. What is today? It's Wednesday. Conference championship week, though. Yeah, we still do. So we got a couple more of the the pre stuff and the, the recap shows. But we're we're near the tail end of it, man. Season That's flew true. by. It's been a uh, it's been an excellent run, but uh, it's it's not quite over. It's, it's not uh, quite over we're, yet. We're just getting started with the uh, with the good stuff. Uh, well, we'll see. I don't know about that. I I enjoyed the regular season and uh, going no, to the regular different... season's great, but conference championships, playoffs, Heisman, all that. It's good stuff. Okay, Macarim, always a pleasure, my friend. I will talk to you very soon. Yes, sir. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.